Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Michelle Berkowitz, your host today of Women Leading the Way, and I do have an amazing woman leading the way today. Um, our topic today is working hard and giving back, and with me as our leading lady today is an amazing woman, but first I want all of you to know is that our leading lady today was the recipient of our National Women of Influence Award for the Emerging Woman-Owned Business Award for 2021. So please welcome um, to our radio show today, Megan Medlin, and she is the CEO of Medlin Workforce and Reentry Solutions. So Megan, welcome. I hope I built you up enough and just say hello to all of our listeners. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much, Michelle. I'm honored to be here and I'm so excited to, to talk with you a little bit more about what we do. Well, I'm excited to talk to you because I love what you do as a business. I know you've got a nonprofit we're going to talk about that does a lot of giving back. But, you know, I think the first thing I want to do is, you know, have you share a little bit about what your company is all about. And then I want to ask you a little bit about the award and what that means to you. But right now, just kind of share what, you know, in a nutshell, what is Medlin Workforce and Reentry Solutions? Yeah, so we are a consulting company um, that specializes in workforce development and reentry. And so essentially we support nonprofit organizations, government agencies, employers, uh, you know, with implementing programs and practices to help get the reentry population back into employment um, or better served with resources. Um, so we do a lot of things for like grant management, building sustainability, growing programs teaching, training, managing, the whole nine. So we do all sorts of things. <laughs> I, well, I love that. And who, what kind of people, I mean, I guess go, go a little deeper. It's like what type of individuals are looking to come reenter the workforce? Do you work with veterans? Do you work with individuals with disabilities? What kind of people um, are you helping reenter into the workforce? Yeah, so our the, the target population is people who are uh, reentering society after incarceration. And so that is kind of a gambit is what you were saying. So, I mean, we have individuals who have been, you know, who are veterans who have been homeless or, you know, may have substance mm -hmm. use disorders or anything like that. And so essentially helping organizations and companies, you know, better help them integrate back into society because when they're being successful, um, you know, recidivism gets lowered, you know, they're contributing positively to society um, and just helping them get back on their feet. Well, okay, so this begs the question, Megan, seriously, what was the tipping point or inspiration for you to start this workforce reentry program? I mean, and especially with the niche and the population you're, you're talking about. What's the story of how you started, if I could ask? Yes, you definitely can, and it's kind of a kind of a funny story because I kind of, I guess, stumbled on it on accident, if you will. Um, 
after college, I was working in corporate and I was doing sales. So I pretty much sold everything under the sun, as I like to say. Um, <laughs> and I got into staffing and recruiting. Uh, so I was working for a national recruiting uh, agency. And that was about the time the recession hit. And so I was kind of in this job going, you know, is this really what I want to be doing with my life? You know, and they're right. based on based on, you know, being recruiting and sales, it was a commission job. And so since there wasn't a lot of jobs in the recession, wasn't really making commission, right? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I ended up finding this job at a nonprofit organization um, that works with young adults that have various barriers to success, and they help get them linked up, um, you know, with, like, skills training, wraparound services, and then gets them linked up with employment and secondary education opportunities. And so I ended up taking the jump. I went into nonprofit. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of like my mentality at the Big time jump. was like, okay, at least it's it's a, it's a set salary versus commission, but this is nonprofit in the middle of a recession. Is this really a good idea? And right. over nine years later, I just was in love. And so I was working with young adults, um, you know, who had various challenges, whether they were undereducated, underemployed, young parents, dropouts, gang involvement, criminal backgrounds. And it just got me really passionate about these young people that were really trying to turn their lives around, but were just encountering closed door after closed door. And so Mm. currently I ended up getting my master's degree in criminology, law, and society. And a colleague of mine pulled me onto uh, what used to be known as the Orange County Reentry Partnership. And so it was pretty much a network of organizations that serve the reentry population um, and just getting them together to share resources and network and kind of close gaps in systems. And so three years ago, I actually had left both organizations <laughs> and uh, for something out of my field. I was out of my field for about eight months and then just realized this is, you know, where my heart is. And so that's when I ended up launching my consulting company um, to better serve this population and then to kind of like dive into the, the nonprofit side. I was still getting calls when COVID hit. Um, from people in the community. So they kind of knew me as like the central point for resources. And so I was still getting close. Right. And I was like, I can't really serve direct clients through consulting because um, obviously they don't have, you know, funding for fees or things like that. And so decided to launch, you know, my nonprofit. And so kind of came across it innocently, like <laughs> like totally on accident. Um, <laughs> but it just really, I just became very passionate, right, about people that are, you know, maybe made a mistake in their life, you know, or several mistakes, you know, depending on their situation, but really want to get back on their feet and they just need the support and resources to be able to do so. Oh my gosh. I have like 20,000 questions for you. And it's like, I mean, (laughs) first of all, you're an amazing human being. Um, I totally see why you won the Emerging Women-Owned Business Award. So there's that, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, I'm curious with you, I mean, in starting the business. Now, since you came from corporate America and staffing and hiring and, and that industry, how has it been as far as received by companies to kind of give people a second chance that you're proposing um, for work, you know, work uh, for jobs? I mean, like you're approaching companies then I'm assuming, right? That's your target market is to get them to go with some of the candidates you have that are looking for a second chance or explain more about how, it's been, you know, with you rolling this out. It's very different, and I love it. Yeah, so it's, um, speaking of kind of the two hats I wear, it's kind of a combination on both sides. So the consulting side is really educating employers 
you know, on processes and policies to hire people who are returning from incarceration. Because a lot of times employers are apprehensive for sometimes good reasons, mm-hmm. right, um, you know, to hire somebody. Right. And so just teaching them that there's, you know, resources and bonding and tax credits and, you know, just the importance of really giving somebody a second chance. Um, so we educate them on that and help them develop, you know, policies and procedures. And then on the nonprofit side, uh, we're actually, you know, talking with employers to, to hire people, right, to give them a second chance. And so it's, again, I think because of my background in staffing and recruiting, even when I came into this industry during the recession, I was still pretty successful in placing our young adults, you know, into living wage employment, because that's important also, not just putting them into any job, but putting into a job where they're going to be able to support themselves and support their families and really succeed. And so I think that was um you know, just something that I was able to do. I'd already had a lot of contacts from being in, um, you know, being in recruiting and that sort of thing. And so it's kind of funny how it evolved from recession time period, right, where nobody was hiring anybody. Yeah. And now we're in current time period where everybody's trying to hire somebody. So we actually been getting on my nonprofit side a lot more calls from employers seeking employees because now that they haven't been able to hire they're open to hiring reentry candidates because they're like, we just need bodies Amazing. Right in here. And right. so it's, been, and it's definitely been a switch <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, what a good, what, I mean, you know, as much as COVID has been horrible to so many businesses and industries and professions and people, you know, I mean, that, what, what a nice kind of thing that is. I mean, and share, you know, with our listeners, I think, gosh, you know, Megan, honestly, it's like, I mean, first of all, you start out by doing this. I'm curious, it's like, what has been the response of companies, you know, when you go in and consult, like, is it that they're, they're finding it hard to find good people, and that's kind of your entry into the company for them to do consulting with you, or you're doing consulting overall, and then, oh, by the way, have you considered this market of potential talent? Yeah, so kind of, I guess, kind of a combination. Um, so, yeah, some are definitely calling us now, right, saying, like, hey, we we see the need, you know, within our company, and we're open to hiring, you know, reentry candidates. And so then it's kind of, you know, educating them on that and then the support that people may need. Um, and then, again, that's kind of where my the blurred lines, you know, between my company and my nonprofit come in because then it's, you know, if they have clients that need resources or need extra support, can we help link them up with other organizations in the county that can help them provide those services um, specific to the client? Um, who's getting placed, but the employer, then, you know, my company then would help educate the employer on that end. Um, but we also work with, like, nonprofits that serve this population, so training them, um, you know, how to train their job developers on how to better place their people, right? Because a lot of times people come into this field maybe not with the back that I had, so they may be a job developer going, just waiting for the phone to ring, right? <laughs> and it's like, right. it's not about right. that. You have to go out and sell your candidates or you have to sell your program. Um, to the employers, because I think employers, most employers, you know, if they if they meet a person that has skills, you know, and a good attitude, and they like that person, they're probably going to be willing to take a chance on them. Um, and so it's right. with that, you know, being able to sell your candidate and sell, you know, their skills and their background versus what they did wrong, you know. Um, and then if an employer yeah. is still apprehensive, then how can we better support them so that way they can still hire this candidate and feel confident about it? 
I, I, I mean, I'm just like that goosebumps thinking about what you do. So I totally see, man, why you, why you got the award. And, and more than that, you're, you're a wonderful human being as well. But for our, you know, it's a good, you know, anyway, I'd hug you if I was in front of you. Um, for our oh, listeners, you. you know, you're welcome. If, for our listeners, if anybody's interested to know more, because I would assume there's no borders for you. You can serve anyone throughout the U.S., maybe even beyond that. Mm-hmm. If anybody's interested in reaching out to you, how would you like to be contacted? I know we have a link to your website on our show page, but if anybody wants to reach you directly, um, how do you want them to make a connection with you? Yeah, I'm extremely accessible. So they can check out the website, and it has our phone number and email on there. Um, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook and Instagram for both my organizations. And so however somebody wants to reach out, we would love to talk to them. Um, and yeah, for consulting, we do serve nationwide. Um, on my nonprofit side, we are kind of constrained to Orange County. That said, I have been getting calls nationwide. And so we're always <laughs> happy to at least try to give somebody, you know, some direction or, um, you know, just assistance if we can. I think our very first client was from North Carolina. Um, and it was funny because she didn't realize we were in Orange County and I didn't realize she was in North Carolina. <laughs> so it oh, was how like, funny. how can we still connect and help her? And so, um, yeah, so again, pretty accessible either way and would love, love for people to reach out. There you go. And it's so lovely being a national-run business, isn't it? Because we can do business anywhere yes. now. I mean, yes. you know, there's that. Um, I, I do want to focus in on you and kind of your journey as a woman-owned business, which I, you know, again, fascinating story. And, you know, I, too, came out of corporate, and there's like a gazillion things I've learned, some ways the hard way, many of them, on yes. what not to do in running a small business. Yes. So I'm curious for you, among all the amazing things that I'm sure you're learning in your journey as a small business owner, what what maybe two top things would you share with other women as they try to start a business? Like what have been a couple of things that either one you do differently or they were kind of like those big learning lessons that I call fantastic failures, you know, that we learn from? <laughs> yeah, no, and again, I think as you just, said, you know, it's kind of like, where do you start? Because <laughs> right? I think right. business, we all, we, we learn new lessons every day and I'll be learning new lessons every day. Um, <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> but exactly. I think like initially, um, you know, my business, when I started, um, it was totally from scratch. I didn't like kind of do a job I was working or anything. Like I was, I had left my job. It was kind of like, this is it, you know, <laughs> now or nothing. And um, which was a huge leap of faith. And so I had in the beginning, thankfully had, I have a pretty big network where I could kind of lean on them to give me business. And so I've been doing, you know, just a bunch of different kind of projects and assistance um, that may not necessarily be within my scope, um, you know, of what I do, Um, but it kind of, you know, obviously it's kept me afloat. And so that's something I really want to do is really hone in in this coming year you know, on what is really the purpose and mission and, like, external, um, you know, view of what we do, right? Because I think even people close to me are kind of like, you know, I don't know what you do, right? <laughs> so really just trying to clarify <laughs> that message. Um, and then I think the bigger lesson um, for me this year is really to offload the things that I don't need to be doing. Um, and so, you know, it's kind yeah, of a busy work one. task, if you will. Um, you know, and I think when you are starting your own business, you know, a lot of time it's like, well, I can't afford to hire help, you know, so I'm doing social media posts and invoicing and billing and, you know, just all these other kind of like small, you know, busy work tasks 
if you will, that kind of take up time for me actually doing, you know, work and working with my consultants or, you know, really like vision planning. Um, so in this coming year, that's a big lesson that I've was kind of drilled into my head this past year. And so I'm really looking forward <laughs> to kind of building out the rest of my team more kind of on the administrative side to help with some of those kind of tasks. So that is definitely a big lesson. I love that. <laughs> You know, I always find it fascinating that, you know, so many times you go to, I don't know, you read in books, and here's all the things you should do. And I have to say, by somebody who's been in business 30 years, which is what I love that you shared, is that many times I've learned more by asking the question or what I've experienced, which is those things that are learning lessons. I mean, failures are not. Like, we all make mistakes, right? But it's like that's not going to stop us. In fact, I've found many mistakes have kind of propelled me forward in running a business. And I love what you shared because it's the stuff that we learn the hard way that I feel can really, you know, push us forward and propel us forward. So I thank you for bringing that up because I think more women-owned businesses (laughs) need to know that. But um, I'm going to have you hang on just a quick second because I am going to say thank you um, to one of our corporate sponsors and our partners, and then I'll be right back to you. So hang on, Megan. Um, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be San Diego's largest private nonprofit university founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the U.S. and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. So thank you for your support, National University, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. Okay, and Megan, now I'm back to our show, which is you. We're talking all about you as the 2021 Emerging Women-Owned Business Award. And I'm really curious. I mean, I know we've got limited time, and I'd love to have you back because I just think there's so much. You know, they use this phrase, there's riches and niches. And I'm really curious for you, it's like, you know, have you, do you feel your, do you feel there's riches and niches by being such a niche-oriented consulting firm? Or do you feel, oh, there's other areas we can expand out to? I'm just really curious how you see that, because I have found the more niche-oriented um, I've been in my business, the better I've, I've found success. So I'm curious what you think about that as a niche business. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And that kind of feeds into what I was just talking about, right, about really focusing on what I truly want to be doing, you know, and what I'm good at in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that is a reason why I have been getting calls nationwide, because people put in, you know, into Google, if you will, like reentry, employment, you know, and I'm the one that pops up, you know, and actually one of my consultants, um, he had found me and he had said, um, you know, I was looking for, you know, this kind of thing. I didn't know it existed. And, you know, here you are, you know, and he's from back east. Right. And so um, it's been, it's been very interesting. You know, again, I think in the beginning to survive, it was kind of one of those things like I'll do anything I got to do. Right. Cause it's like, I got to pay my rent and, you know, keep my bills paid. And, um, <laughs> exactly. you know, obviously as I've grown, it's really trying to really just settle into specifically what I'm good at. Right. And what I want to focus on. And I'm sure, like, as I continue, you know, growing this company, there may be, you know, things that we want to expand on because I do have bigger visions, you know, down the road, especially for kind of combining my consulting and my nonprofit together kind of under one roof. Um, but, yeah, so I think for me it has been very I successful. And so I, I, I do like to give that advice, right? Like, focus on what you do best, <laughs> you know. Don't try yes. to do everything. Just try to do what you're good at, you know. And I think it, it works. And so for me it has yeah. been no, successful. I think- 
and I'm so sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm interrupting you, and I'm going, yes, I no, totally you're good. agree. You're because, good. You know, I mean, you know, well, think about it. It's like when we go buy something, it's like we don't always want a generalist. It's like we want somebody that specializes in something, and especially services, you know. I mean, our business is the mm-hmm. same way as an association. We're not for every woman, right? We're for certain women that, mm-hmm. you know, feel like they're looking for a certain something. So I love that you said that. And, you know, to all of our listeners, I think, you know, so many of us can come back with things that we would do differently if we had to start out. And so my question to you at this point is as you've been awarded the Emerging Women-Owned Business, like, you know, as you've grown your business, what, you know, what do you feel has really been the essential key to success for you? Like what, you know, and the one thing I want to, I want to put a caveat here. If so many women will go, and I hate this, I'm I'm putting this out there to all of our listeners and women, it's like, (laughs) stop being so, you know, not freaked out, that's the wrong word, but so many women kind of like, you know, they're just very blasé about, you know, giving themselves accolades for what they've done well. And I think that's what we have tried to do with our National Women of Influence Awards is let women shine in their influence and their power and their success and feel great about it. And I'm asking you, like, you know what you've done that's made you a success. So I'd like you to share two things with our listeners that you feel have been really instrumental in, number one, why you were recognized for the Emerging Women-Owned Business Award, and number two, what you would share with other listeners as to what, what have been the two keys to success for you. You know, or the most important one. However, I hope you remember the question I've asked because I very <laughs> weird how I answer, ask my questions. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'll answer it around that way somehow. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. No, or I mean, you can just say, just say anything you want. There you go. Right. No, I mean, first off, like for me, I think it was extremely humbling, right, to get the award. And so I remember when I was first nominated, I was just so appreciative to be nominated. And so when I got contacted to be a finalist. I was still kind of like, wow, I'm a finalist. I'm in disbelief, you know. And then obviously when I got the award, I was still kind of like, whoa, really me? Like, what, what do what? I do that's special, yeah. right? And so kind of like oh. feeding into what you just said, like, I don't know if we always give ourselves enough credit. Um, and I think some of that is, and, and I see, you know, with most women, like, right, like we're kind of like nose to the grindstone, if you will, right? Like we have our work, we have family obligations, we have all these other things going on. And we don't take time to kind of step back and really look at like, what am I doing, right? Like, how am I affecting people? Like, I'm doing good work, you know? And so for me, I think it was just really neat to see that. Um, And so as far as, like, things I think that I do well um, is probably just building my network, you know? And I am very big on, like, integrity and doing what I say and saying what I do, you know? And so I think over the years, that's actually what helped propel my business in the beginning and even now is initially all of my clients were people from, you know, my network that had known me, that had worked, you know, alongside me, that knew of my work, um, you know, were kind of like, hey, we'd love to pull you onto the project or we need you to do this. And so for me, that has kind of been my, my ticket to success, right, is to be able to keep that name, right, that I do good work and that I work hard and just kind of keeping those relationships that with my network. Um, Wow. So I think the second part was asking about, like, advice to people. So, you know, I think for me that's my biggest advice for anybody is just to kind of, um, you know, again, just really be truthful in what you're doing and be open and communicative, you know, with people. You know, whether if you did mess up, right, be be open to be able to say, hey, I messed up, you know, because that's something, as you said, we do, we do make mistakes. And I will be the first one to tell you, sure. yep. I messed that up, (laughs) or this is what's going on, you know, but I think that's what helps just build that trust, you know, not only, you know, with your clients, but with your, the community, you know, even with yourself, right? And so just so that way, you know, that, you know, I'm running an honest business and 
I feel good about what I'm doing. So, so hopefully that answers Those are great. No, <laughs> uh, question. It totally, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably more there. It's like I wish we had more time. You know, I look at that and go, I think for any women-owned business, you know, especially to our listeners, because many of them are women-owned businesses internationally. And, you know, we get up in our heads and we think, oh, I'm not worthy. Like you saying, wasn't it nice to be nominated for an award? Which is always our message is for you now to think of the good women you know that are deserving for recognition. Because most of us as women, well, we don't recognize the good work we're doing, which is, I think, a shame. But what other people see in us mm-hmm. is so different. So, you know, that part has to change. And, I, and that's kind of our passion and mission to see that that happen through our awards program and celebrate women's successes and achievements. And you are clearly doing that. So I know in just a little amount of time we have left, I'd really like for you to paint a picture of the future because you've mentioned growth. You've mentioned you're going to start, you know, getting what I always love is finding the mini-me's and the duplication for you to go do the things that are core to what you need to and build a team around you. And that's a whole other animal, right? But paint a Mm -hmm. picture for us for the future, especially, you know, I guess one question before we do, it's like, how, how did COVID um, hit you? Because I think you mentioned talking a little bit that COVID actually has helped your business. And I mean, this in a great way. Can you kind of share what you've seen as a trend with employers and how COVID has really maybe helped your business in some fashion that it wasn't, you know, as well received before COVID. Yeah, definitely. And I think with everybody, right, in the very beginning, it was it was very scary, right, because it was like, yeah. how is this going to affect my business? Are we going to go into a major, you know, downslide? Because, again, being through the recession previously, you know, that kind of shifted focus. And so, Initially, I had a lot of clients, so for instance, like my nonprofit partners, they had to shift their services, right? So they weren't doing a lot of in-person services. So for me, that meant cancellation of trainings, you know, or postponement of things. Um, however, mm-hmm. I think after everyone was in it for, you know, a couple months or so, it was kind of everyone got to that kind of recovery where it's like, okay, we're not reacting. Now we got to start planning. And so being able to shift things online and virtually, um, was big for me to still continue to service my clients as well as service clients in other states. So I think previously, you know, you'd have to hop on a plane and go do a pitch or go meet with their clients, and now people are open to, you know, okay, let's just hop on a Zoom call, you know, versus having to travel out there. Right. Um, and then obviously the further we've gotten into it, it's been extremely helpful on the employer side. So building up more employers because, yeah, they haven't been able to replenish their workforce. Like now that things have opened back up, you know, we've seen a few industries get hit extremely hard, you know, especially our like entertainment, like restaurants, um, you know, industries, which I'm in Orange County. And so those are big industries here, um, you know, that are really looking for workers and really hurting. And so I think they've been more open to, okay, we got to go outside of our norm for like recruiting and, you know, how do we do that? And so that's opened up a lot of doors for me as well. And so, yeah, COVID is difficult as it's been, um, you know, for a lot of people. For me, it definitely has honestly helped my business in a lot of ways. So I'm extremely appreciative of that because I know not everyone's been so lucky. So I love that. And I think the message in that is that there is opportunity. I mean, you know, like you, it's like we were impacted in a very different way. You know, we lost 50% of our revenue when COVID hit. I mean, it was like meetings and events. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are no yeah. meetings and events. And we <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah. To, you know, the lovely Zoom meetings of little boxes around them and when you're looking at people. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I continue to stay hopeful that it's like we just have to figure it out. So for any of our listeners, like, you know, for you, how, 
what do you feel is kind of the key thing that you did that really helped you shift and pivot during COVID, you know, to continue to be sustainable in the business and still be here as we turn the corner, you know, to a brand new year and hope 2022 is different than 21 and 20. Yeah, no, I think that the key there is just obviously being flexible, right? And like open to change. Um, Cause for me, even it's kind of funny. I remember right out the gate, one of my trainings had shifted to Zoom, and I had never done anything on Zoom, and I was kind of, like, petrified, Mm. right? And so it was like, I don't even know how to, like, set up a background, and so, you know, putting that up, and then I had all these technical difficulties, like, I couldn't see the people or hear them, so I just felt like I was talking to myself, you know, and, like, it was so awkward, and so (laughs) I think just being open to that, right, and, like, just knowing kind of we're all in this together, and let's figure it out, but being really flexible to my clients' needs, like, if I didn't know something, I'll figure it out, right? You know, I'm here with you. Let's figure this out together, you know, and I think that's just something you have to do, right? Like, in order, things are going to change, whether we can control it or not, you know, whether we see it coming or not, and just being flexible to that and just adapting, you know, to whatever kind of the needs are, um, you know, I think it's kind of been the, the key to success for me at least. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, and then, you know, the future, like if we look out a couple of years, like what is Menlin Workforce and Reentry Solutions going to look like? Like what, what do you see as your vision for a few years out? I mean, we can't think 10 years out anymore, right? Because we just have the next <laughs> two we have to focus on. But, you know, just, you know, Definitely. for the next couple of years, what, what's it look like for you? Paint us a picture so we get excited about your company. Yeah, I just want to keep continuing to grow. And like I said, focusing on, you know, the specifics of workforce development and reentry, but really growing a team, you know, nationwide, so that way we can service, you know, a larger number of people. Um, and then at some point, I do want to combine with my nonprofit. So essentially, you know, my consulting side would help an employer, you know, here's how you develop policies and procedures, you know, or practices, whatever, right, to hire people, um, whether it's a nonprofit, employer, et cetera. And then I have my nonprofit side for a pipeline of people. So if they're like, hey, you know, we need people, here's people who have been linked up with resources, who are successful, ready to work, and then we can put them into that pipeline. And so at some point, I would love to kind of marry the two together uh, formally, but yeah, just really just continue to grow and learn and, um, you know, keep connecting with people out there. Keep building. I love that you have a for-profit and a non-profit. And just with the last few minutes we have left, can you share, because we don't have a link to your non-profit page, um, but what is your non-profit and how do people find it? Yeah, so my non-profit is called, it's an acronym, HIRE, H-I-R-E, which is the hub for integration, re-entry, and employment. So we like long titles around here. Um, and my <laughs> website is uh, HIRE, H-I-R-E-O-C dot org. Um, and we're also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, et cetera. So uh, people can find us pretty easily, but find out more about what we're doing on there. I love it. Okay, here's I love this question at the end of the year because I don't always ask this, but we're at the end of a year coming up this week, right? And we're starting a new year, which I always love a new mm-hmm. year and the you know new opportunities. What is one big, you know, they call it BHAG. What is one big, hairy, audacious goal that you have set for yourself in the new year? could be either personal Ooh. or professional, but I like professional. Ooh, <laughs> big one. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I think, it's, speaking of that, it's kind of funny. So again, just it, it kind of ties to growing my business, right? And so my very first year out the gate was you know, kind of stumbling through. And so then um, last year I had increased my business. I think it was like over 270%. 
this year I'm up, um, it's probably going to end at about 95% over last year. Um, and so I'm looking, this, it's probably a little bit smaller than that, but looking just to increase by 50% um, over like to next year. So that's going to be a pretty big goal for me, which is really going to require me to expand my team, um, you know, and kind of build out, you know, different areas of my business. So that way I'm not just working, you know, 15 hours a day. <laughs> So, um, um, for me, let me clue you in. That's gonna, growing. that's gonna, that's never gonna go away, Nugget. <laughs> like, oh yes. You live, obsessed <laughs> about your business, right? That's never gonna change. Sorry. Oh yes. <laughs> right. I love it. I love it. No, you've shared so much. Again, I want to say congratulations for being the Emerging Women Thank Owned you. Business Award recipient this year. Well deserved. Um, I'd love to have you on the show again. And to our listeners, you know, make sure and look up. Megan's business. And again, I'm going to give the website. It's medlinsolutions.com. And if there's any other way you want people to reach you, Megan, it's like find you on the website. I know you said you're on LinkedIn. So any other ways you want people to reach you? Do you want to give your URL for your um, nonprofit one more time? Yeah. So it's uh, hire, H-I-R-E-O-C.org. So yeah, contact me on there, either website, social, anyway. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, we are, that is our show. I want to say thank you for being our leading lady and award winner thank today. You. We'll add that one in. Um, thank <laughs> you. And I want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We're here on a different day this week, which is exciting because we're moving to a daily show as we get into 2022. Normally, we're here every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific. But in the new year, you're going to start to see us on Saturdays and a daily show. So that's exciting. Um, for any of our listeners, too, you can find us as a podcast after this live show. We'll be on Spotify, you know, any iHeartRadio, um, any of the subscription services. So you can find us and listen to Megan's show. And we are an international show, which we're excited about. So I will just leave you with this. It is the end of the year. Happy New Year to all. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season, and it would be our delight to see you on the next Women Lead Radio Show. Go make it great and go do something awesome. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.